hosts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Well, thank you and welcome to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman, partner here at the XML Financial Group. So glad you could join me today. This show is meant to give you concrete ideas that you can take away and do your own research on. I'm not here to try and manage your portfolio from afar. If you hear something that appeals to you, then you need to do your own work and see if it's appropriate for you. You never buy something because you heard it on the podcast or read it in a magazine. Make no mistake about it. I'm a value investor through and through. Yes, I talk about the big picture, but what really drives our investment decisions are the fundamentals. I'm not trying to time the market. What I'm doing is I'm looking for quality companies selling inexpensively and that are run by good managers. I like to say I'm trying to buy a dollar for 50 cents, and that's because I'm cheap, cheap when it comes to the markets. And if you think about it, it makes all the sense in the world. Why would you want to overpay for something? The first thing I think any serious investor should do is come up with a plan. And I mean a real financial plan. That's what we do here at the group. We sit down with our clients to find out what's important to them because everyone is different. And then we develop this financial plan. If we have a financial plan, then we can develop a reasonable asset allocation strategy. So that's the first thing. The first thing is to have a plan. If you're looking for a conservative value manager to help you, well, give us a call. Today, we're going to stroll down a different path than what we usually take. We're going to take a look at the cryptocurrency craze. As I said, we're value managers. So the cryptos don't fit the investment bill for us. In my opinion, buying Bitcoin is just pure speculation. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with speculating, but it's very different than what we do. It's very different than investing. And I think most people know the difference. Frankly, the reason most people are buying Bitcoin is because it's going up. They hear it's going up and they feel like they'll miss out if they don't get in. That's clearly speculating. And I wouldn't suggest it for your serious retirement money. If you're going to do it, you need to do it with your eyes wide open and realize that you could very easily lose all the money that you put into it. You have several unique risks when it comes to owning digital currencies. For example, By some estimates, somewhere between 2.8 and 3.8 million Bitcoins have been lost or stolen. I don't know how they get lost, but I do know how they get stolen. They get hacked. If that's right, then it implies that between 17 and 23% of the total Bitcoins are gone. Boom. Disappeared. Never to be seen again. That's like having a one in six chance of all your coins going AWOL. Now, I don't think I've ever worried about my Berkshire Hathaway shares being stolen out from under me. Now, when you gamble, you can hit. 
your number can come in. And apparently it's come in for two people because we have our first Bitcoin billionaires. It's Tyler and Cameron Winklevoss. Have you heard of these two guys? Well, they're identical twins. They're venture capitalists. They even rode in the 2008 Olympics for the U.S. and they took sixth. They're incredible. You might remember them from the movie, The Social Network. The twins, they went to Harvard and they went to Harvard with Mark Zuckerberg, who they later sued, claiming he stole their idea for a website that they called the Harvard Connection, but which Zuckerberg called Facebook. Anyhow, they sued Zuckerberg and they settled for around $65 million. Now, it's alleged that they took $11 million of this and they bought Bitcoin. And at that time, Bitcoin was about $5 or $6. And we know where it is today. So, voila, a billion dollars of Bitcoinage. Cryptocurrencies have become so popular, so popular, that even Venezuelan President Maduro said this past Sunday that his country would create their own cryptocurrency. Can you imagine? And it's probably because the U.S. has sanctions against Venezuela, but they're going to come up with their own cryptocurrency. Unlike Bitcoin, which is backed by nothing, the Petro, as Maduro is calling it, would be backed by his country's oil, gas, and diamond reserves. I'll also point out that in Venezuela, and this is according to Reuters, excessive money printing and state currency controls have contributed to a 57% depreciation of the boulevard against the American dollar in just the last month. They can't handle their own currency, so now cryptocurrencies might be the answer. Now, let's say you're in the gambling mood and you decide to roll the digital dice and get yourself some Bitcoin. Well, you can now take it one step farther and you can leverage your gamble because the CBOE, which is the largest U.S. options exchange, is offering Bitcoin futures starting on the 10th. That's right. You can buy futures on Bitcoins. Here's a quote from Ed Tilley, the chairman and CEO of the CBOE Global Markets. He says, given the unprecedented interest in Bitcoin, it's vital that we provide our clients the trading tools to help them express their views and hedge their exposure. We are committed to encouraging fairness and liquidity in the Bitcoin market. To promote this, we will initially offer XBT futures trading for free. Huh, I can see a lot wrong in that little statement there. A lot wrong, but never mind. So let's say you gambled, you leveraged up, and you made a few dollars or a few bitcoins, what have you. What do you do with it all now? Well, if you bought Ether instead of Bitcoin, which is another cryptocurrency, you can use that Ether and you can buy crypto kitties. That's right. Digital kittens, kind of like Pokemon cards. You can use your newfound fortune in Ether, which is an asset with arguably little tangible utility, and you can use it to purchase an asset with unarguably zero tangible utility. Now, the highest priced kitten sold for $118,000 last Saturday. The average prices are about $110 for your average 
digital kitten. But sound crazy? I think so. But you know what? It accounted for over 11% of their network traffic. Can you believe it? So let's step back. People are investing in cryptocurrencies, an asset that's not backed by anything. They're investing in it because it's going up. So much, in fact, that the leader of a perhaps failed state thinks that starting his own crypto is a great idea to get his country back from the brink of bankruptcy. Heck, he may even offer digital kittens, too. If you're going to do this, realize what you're doing. This isn't investing. Maybe in the years to come, it might turn out to be investable, but for now, it's just pure speculation and you should go into it expecting to lose all your money or to have it all stolen. And if you don't, well, then you've exceeded your expectations. When we come back from the break, we'll talk about real investments. This is Eric Whiteman and we are back in a minute. You worked hard, you saved and invested along the way. Now you wanna make sure all your hard work pays off so you can do what matters most to you, whether it's giving back to your community or ensuring a safe, comfortable retirement, it's never too late to start planning. Now's the time to get the advice you deserve. Hi, this is Eric Whiteman of the XML Financial Group. If you want someone who can help you navigate the investment landscape, then please visit us at our website xmlfg.com or call us at 301-770-5234. Well, thank you and welcome back to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman, partner here at the XML Financial Group. Let's talk about the markets for a minute. If you have questions for the show, email us at podcast at xmlfg.com. Once again, it's podcast, which is plural, at xmlfg.com. I know I'm starting to sound like a broken record every week. The Dow, the S&P are hitting new highs. We had a big day on Monday. We gave back some of it on Tuesday. But I guess the biggest piece of news over this past week was that the Senate passed a tax reform package, which paves the way for lower corporate taxes. The idea being, if we get tax reform, That'll enable businesses to grow and hire more people. I've said in previous shows that the passage of a tax bill would probably add about $10 in earnings to the S&P 500 and about 1% to GDP growth. Fantastic. And this would explain some of the rotation that we've been seeing lately. Money has been coming out of the technology stocks and going into the financials. And you know I love the financials. This makes sense when you think about it because the tech companies get a big chunk of their sales and and earnings from overseas. While the financials, well, they benefit from an expanding domestic economy. When you have a strong bull market, the financials are usually the ones leading the way. And I'm glad to see that the transport started to come around. We are vulnerable to a modest correction because of valuations are so high. But there's just no way of timing something like that. If we do get a pullback, my guess is that it would be short and shallow and one that should be bought. As for the economy, 
things just keep plugging along. They keep plugging along and outperforming the economist's forecast. Actually, it's the first time since 2007 that the economy is running at its full potential. Actually, I believe it's running above its long-term potential. For now, it appears that we're in pretty good shape, but I think problems could start picking up next year. And I'll talk all about that at our annual outlook. You're going to want to make sure that you register for our annual outlook event, which is in January. Actually, it's going to be Saturday, January 27th at 10 o'clock. We're doing a special streaming event this year. So you don't want to uh, miss it. You don't even have to leave your house. Just get your cup of coffee and log in at 10 o'clock that morning. We'll have the registration up here in the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. From a technical standpoint, things look positive. And as I said earlier, the transports were up nearly 6% last week, closing at new highs. And for the Dow theorists out there who are listening, that confirms the new highs on the industrials. And that's a good thing. The number of stocks trading above their 50-day moving averages went above 75% this week from 63% last week. The negative in, in all this is the contrary sentiment indicators, which show investor optimism at excessive levels, which says to me, you could see some more volatility some greater volatility coming up. Remember what I said last week, since November of last year, the market's up eh, about 25%. And what's scary is it's the longest streak in history where we haven't had a correction of 3% or more. Investors have really forgotten what it's like to have the market go down. A 3% dip in the market would probably make a lot of people really nervous. The reality is, is that over the last hundred years, on average, the market has declined by 3% or more every 22 days. So it's not unusual. But if it happens, people would get really nervous. I think we could see a return to this normal. Now, where am I looking for value? In the energy, excuse me, in the energy sector for one. I think this is an area that if you haven't been looking at already, you should start. I think the recovery in basic resources suggests that there's more room for relative gains in the coming months. The dollar remains down significantly for the year, and that should be a benefit to the oil producers' profits. But more importantly, energy producers are levered oil plays. Oil prices have moved up about $14 or $15 a barrel to about $58. And if you did the math, that's just over 30%. But the oil stocks, well, they're only up about 8%. So I'd suspect that the oil stocks still have some catching up to do. On the supply side of things, Cushing and OECD oil stocks are now contracting, supplies contracting. And as oil supplies get whittled down, and if OPEC can stay disciplined, you would expect oil prices to stay pretty well bid. Think about it. You have dwindling supply and higher prices, and energy stock prices haven't kept up with the pace. 
One I like here is Chevron, symbol CVX, trading about $120, paying about a 3.5% dividend. Again, symbol CVX. And this is probably the, the steady eddy type investment here. It has both the upstream and the downstream. So it's called an integrated energy company. It's roughly half oil and half natural gas. Now, the upstream is the part of the business that drills and lifts oil and gas out of the ground. And the downstream part of the business is when they take that oil and they send it off to be refined and they ship it back out. Okay. So Chevron is integrated. It has both upstream and downstream. Now for several years, Chevron has spent a lot of money developing different areas of their business. And the thought was that these investments would pay off in the longer run. Well, that time has probably come. I think their cash flow is going to improve over the next few years because that spending and it it was a big spend. That spending is behind them and oil prices are improving and they have increasing production because of all the investment that they've made. So again, three things happening here. Their spending is down, oil prices are up and they've increased uh, their production. When you take a look at Chevron, a lot of people are going to dismiss it because they see it's trading at 33 times earnings. Now, remember, I would consider these depressed earnings, and I think you could see those earnings continue to go pretty rapidly. Value line gives them an A++ for financial strength. That means their balance sheet is in really good shape, but they only get a five for earnings predictability. And that's on a scale of zero to a hundred, five being pretty darn low. But that's what you would expect from an oil and gas company where their earnings aren't very predictable year to year, but they get a one for safety. So the balance sheet looks good. Value line gives them a one for safety. If Chevron came back to about 115, I'd be a buyer. So that's CVX at 115. That's about all we have time for this week. We'll be back next Wednesday with new ideas. And until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow them. Okay, you've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.